everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's minute 60. It's still karaoke. I have it Uh beginning with the words, still karaoke, Uh was what I wrote, because there's not really much else to to do uh, for that. And I have it going through William being passed between the two groupie girls for kissing. Right. Right, 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 yes, There's yes. some smooching happening. Some smooching, some beads giving. Mm-hmm. Yep. The crowd has gone wild, um, as I'm, I'm imagining you, the listening audience, went wild when we finished the last episode with that epic Rowan Atkinson-inspired uh, stage leap. Mm-hmm. And in going wild, something itself wild happens. Mm-hmm. There's a girl in the crowd. Is it one of the groupies? Is it the groupies where this happens? I feel like in my head I picture, I'm actually picturing uh, the girlfriend, uh, number two, who is Lainey on Ca- on Castle. Um, okay. In her Lainey haircut. So it's completely wrong. My brain is a liar. But okay. that makes me think that maybe it's groupie number one. Um, somehow I wrote, my note says, okay, then one girl appears to all of a sudden know how big William's penis is. Yeah. I think that was, <laughs> I think that that is the girl guessing either based on absolutely nothing sure or perhaps she thought she could see the outline through his jeans right but i'm guessing it's based on absolutely nothing yeah it it, it's it's always struck me as wild because i'm like am i just missing something like no i mean (laughs) no you're not it's there's absolutely nothing in the context of this movie to give any reason for her to know that (laughs) it's like her friend's like oh my god i'm like based on what (laughs) (laughs) maybe she was just guessing maybe she was like i bet it's this big yeah but yeah yeah and we just didn't get to see the i bet part i don't know i don't know so then (laughs) so then uh he stage dives and crowd surfs as my favorite part of Paradise City happens, the breakdown, the really fast double time part at the end. And as it hap- as, the- as that happens, he starts crowd surfing and yearbook girl yells for him to sign her yearbook. Yep. And she calls him Bill. What she says Bill sign my yearbook? I'm let me double check the transcript, but I that is what I heard. He did introduce himself as Wild Bill Rock and Roll. Yeah, so he says Wild Bill Rock and Roll. Okay, well, according to the transcript, she calls him Dale. <laughs> So I'm going to assume that that was someone mishearing her saying Bill. Okay. She definitely doesn't call him William. 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 Try my, yeah, but she, yeah, might you, not know who, she might not know who he is aside from him saying Wild Bill Rock and Roll. So she's like, oh, I guess that guy's name is Bill. I don't know. He was in a lot of clubs. Yeah. And she probably. I, yeah. Yeah. She probably, she probably knows who he is. Yeah. But maybe she thinks his name is Bill. Maybe she's like, oh, I always thought he went by William. But okay, Bill. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then the crowd takes her yearbook mm-hmm. and starts passing it just around. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it reminds me, there's, uh, I, guess I, I'm, I guess this movie puts me in a Simpsons state of mind. Um, he said like he's not always there. Right. Uh, there's, a, <laughs> <laughs> there's a part um, in one of my favorite Simpsons episodes uh, where Lisa has been the editor of the yearbook. Uh, which is called Retrospecticus. And um, she, she's like, I'm class president. I'm, I'm head of the yearbook. I'm, I'm as popular as I'm going to get. 
and she hands her yearbook to to be able to pass around, and they all pass it around in a circle, and she gets it back, and no one has signed it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's so it's sad. It's the beginning of a very sad episode that turns out pretty happy and, oh, and great. Well, that's good. So yeah, that's what that reminded me of. And then I have a hard cut to the X Files still on the roof. Mm-hmm. Yep. XP One is flying his retainer around like a Klingon warship. Yep. Hey, Aaron. Yes. You want to learn about the Klingons a little bit? I do. Oh my gosh, listener, I can't I can't convey to you how awesome it was to watch Aaron basically sit back and <laughs> be like, all right, uh, cool, <laughs> off work for a little bit. Yep. I'm going on break. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, it was, uh, the Klingons were developed by screenwriter Gene L. Kuhn. Wow, that means there were two people named Gene on, uh, on Star Trek because Gene Roddenberry created it. That's wild. In 1967, for the original Star Trek series, Klingons were, a swar- were swarthy humanoids characterized by prideful ruthlessness and brutality. They practiced feudalism and authoritarianism with a warrior caste relying on slave labor. With a greatly expanded budget for makeup and effects, the Klingons were completely redesigned for Star Trek The Motion Picture. So in the original series, so do you know what a Klingon looks like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Ridged forehead, sort of. Yeah. In the original series, they were just tan guys. Oh, oh. They, I don't think they ever got any flack for blackface, but they were just sort of some tan guys. I'm going to Google them real quick because <laughs> I'm, I've just typed the word Google. Yep. That's, <laughs> um, yeah, because I don't, yeah, Worf is a Klingon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I think of. Right. So th- when right. I think of Klingon, I think of Worf. Right. And I'm not... Oh, yeah, I guess um, I'm seeing a picture that is basically a tan guy with, like, a Fu Manchu mustache. Yep, there it is. That's the Klingon in 1967. And, and like, Jack Nicholson eyebrows. Right, exactly, exactly. okay. So they basically couldn't do... They didn't have any budget for makeup in the 60s, but then when they were making the motion picture in 1979... They had more makeup, so they got, so that was when the Klingons got ridged foreheads. Okay. And then in subsequent television series and in later films, the militaristic traits of the Klingons were bolstered by an increased sense of honor and strict warrior code similar to those of Bushido. Okay. Klingons are recurring antagonists in the 1960s television series and have appeared in all subsequent series, along with 10 of the Star Trek feature films. Initially intended to be antagonists for the crew of the USS Enterprise, the Klingons became a close ally of humanity in Star Trek The Next Generation. In the 1990s series Star Trek Deep Space Nine, humans and Klingons join with the Romulans to fight the Dominion, uh, which are a group of space-traveling Virginians. Among the elements created for the revised Klingons was a complete Klingon language developed by Mark Okrand from gibberish suggested by actor James Doohan, who played Scotty. So for whatever reason, James Doohan was like, I got some words for you. Expounds in gibberish. Uh (laughs) Now, he was Scottish, so maybe he was saying saying actual words, and the guy was uh, just an American Neanderthal. was like, gibberish, huh? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. I'm... I, I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated by, I'm sorry, I keep going back to this, but I never, yeah. so I never saw the, um, the original series. Yeah. I watched a lot of Next Generation and right. I watched Voyager. Sure. Because those were the two that, my dad watched Deep Space Nine too, but I think that wasn't yeah one that I, that I tuned in for, but I definitely yeah. saw a 
good amount of Next Generation and I think most of Voyager. Yeah, Next Generation was on the lo- was the long one, so that's why I feel like that's why we, you and I share that. And then yeah. Voyager came on, started aired right when we were at the age to get into TV shows. Yeah, well, it's- and like my dad would always have it on, and so I would yeah. just. Like, it, it came on after dinner, I think, and so he would turn yeah. it on, and I would just sit down and watch it with him if I didn't have anything else to do. So, like, I'm that, pretty I mean, sure I watched the premiere of Voyager, like, the night it, it aired. I'm fairly sure and certain. I don't know that I did that, but, like, that is the first and foremost thing that I think of when I hear the name Kate Mulgrew. Right. I'm like, sure. Me right, too. she's Captain Janeway. Captain Janeway, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So they've... Uh, Spoken Klingon has entered popular culture even to the extent that some of the works of William Shakespeare and parts of the Bible have been translated into it. Oh, geez. A dictionary, a book of sayings, and a cultural guide to the language have been published. According to the Guinness World Records, Klingon is the world's most popular fictional language as measured by number of speakers. Um, I was just saying, have you watched any Schitt's Creek? Yes. Okay. I was saying to Kristen the other day that I want how some people learn Klingon you want to I learn, want to Moira, learn Rose? Moira Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. And then Kristen told me something that blew my mind. It blew it wide open. Apparently, Catherine O'Hara just sort of wings where she puts emphasis. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? How can she do that? Oh, because she's a, a powerhouse of an actress? Oh, yeah. right. I forgot. Right. Yeah. But I, I so, I, like, by the end, we just actually watched the, the last two episodes, like, right before we started recording. Oh, okay. Um, and by the end, I'm like... Just everything she says, I'm like, what a choice. What a choice to, to do it like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so, and then she wouldn't. She'd say things normal. I'm like, oh, okay. And then she'd say the next word, like, like a maniac. Oh, so good. Yeah. Anyways. She's, I love her. She's great. Yeah. That, I, I have not watched a ton of that show. We started watching season one. Well, mm-hmm. so we, we've, we, the first episode that we watched um, was, I think, in season I think it might have been season two. It was the one where they like go to the winery. Yes, there may where be she's mul- filming the commercial. Yes, where she's filming the commercial. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the first one we saw because the Rockets were visiting and they were like, hey, have you watched this show? This is a good episode to kind of like ease you into the, the type of show that it is and you don't really need a lot of context for it. Right. So then we went back and started it from the beginning and I feel like we made it most of the way through season one and then like life happened and we sure. just never... Sure picked it back up but i do need to finish it because it's it's quite a delightful show i love it's, it very the, much if i if i may um wax poetic about Shit's creek a little bit for just a second it it has writing that always surprises me that the plots are never ever one what i think they're gonna be mm-hmm. two as mean as i think they're gonna be yeah they always find a third way to be like kind to everyone involved and still be hilarious and i yeah. don't understand how they do it it took me six seasons to guess a turn of an episode oh wow i could yeah and and you know i that's what i try and do like that's yeah <laughs> that's a, half of my television watching is yeah. trying to figure out the the what the math of the show is and Shit's creek took me a long time interesting oh and that was it for some reason it scrolled back up so yeah, we went um, from klingons to Shit's creek and i feel like that's fine <laughs> oh, so was that language lab girl crying? There was another girl, I think, being crowd, being crowd surfed, and I do mean that in the passive sense because she was like crying as they passed oh, her around. I don't know. And I don't I'm think I noticed sure it was her. Language I must... lab girl because of that dowdy dress. Yeah, I must have been taking a note at that point because I definitely yeah. did not notice that. And then, um, 
headbanging guy claims it is the greatest night of his life mm-hmm. and then gets hit over the head with a beer bottle. Yep. Uh, which for some reason makes me think maybe that won't alter that opinion one tiny yeah, little bit. No, I feel like that just um, <laughs> enhances the experience of the evening. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then my last note is William gets beads and kisses from both groupies. Yep. And I look. I did look up like New Orleans, New Orleans beads mm-hmm. and like whatever. Um, there was sort of too much and not re- as related enough, of, yeah. uh, you know, a connection. Because I was like, what a weird thing to include is that these beads seem to get him the kisses. Yeah. Like they give him the beads and that, may- whatever. But I didn't look it up because it was it was basically too, de- too deep a dive. And I know, I know. I'm, I know I'm saying that, but. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, but it, it was just one step beyond where I was willing to go. Okay. But. I am good to do social media if you are good to do social media. I am. Wait, let's just have one of us do social media. I'll do social media. You do social media. <laughs> okay. Um, we are on Twitter as a podcast at JE underscore Minute Movies. Individually, I can be found on Twitter at Unabashed James. And I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. We are on the Scavengers Network, which has a Patreon. It is at patreon.com slash the Scavengers Network. So for $2 a month, you get access to all of the bonus content that we have on the network, which includes uh, every every other month recommendations from Aaron and me, mm-hmm. usually. Uh, and then every on the opposite months, uh, one of us will write a newsletter, mostly. Usually. I owe everybody September's newsletter. <laughs> I do apologize. Hopefully by the um, time this episode goes up, that newsletter will be out because it will be at least November. <laughs> If you are reading this in November... You mean listening to this? Mm-hmm. Re- reading it with if, your ears, right? If you're reading with your ears, listening with your face, um, I have I am in the middle of working on probably my most ridiculous newsletter uh, of all time. It's going to take me a week to write. And I've asked Colin if I should publish it as a once-a-day serial for a week. And he said, oh, wow, yeah, that does seem like a lot. And then that was all he said on the topic. So I'm like, okay, so what am I doing? So I think a daily serial is a good plan. I think so too, because this is a a little bit of a hefty thing. Yeah. Um, and you'll get sort of a feeling of my of my progression. It's all explained, but if this is November, I think it's up. So go check that out. Go check out Aaron's um definite newsletter about another movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I am hoping to. I am hoping that I will be able to watch that. And do that newsletter this week. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, That's awesome. Since, I'm, since I've finished all of my editing, I don't have to edit in the evenings. So exactly. I'm going to exactly. watch a movie. Nice. That's the plan. Nice. Yes. PBP. Um, we are done with the first hour. <laughs> yep. The first hour is in. It's, it's locked away. Mm-hmm. We've flown along with our little, with our little sticky, furry feet. We've picked up the first hour and we've taken it back to our hive. And that's where we take hours and we turn them into honeys. Because as you know, time is honeys. Go hot dogs! The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.